Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And uh, one of my favorite people to talk to when it comes to the crypto business and all things crypto is Dan Roberts. Uh, you know him. He's been with us for years, over the years, uh, initially uh, with us, and his record goes way be beyond us, but with Yahoo Finance as editor-at-large. And now he's with a company called The Crypt Media they're at the, the, the decrypt, D-E-C-R-Y-P-T dot C-O. They are all about all things cryptocurrency, and they're phenomenal at what they do. Uh, everyone from the novice who knows very little to some of the leading experts, they're, they're reading it every day, and uh, as well they, they should. It's something that has kept me abreast and has helped me go along uh, the trail as someone who started off as someone not only not informed but also very skeptical, and it's really helped educate me, and it does the same for others. Dan, welcome to the program. We're going to talk about uh, you know a story, a saga we've been continually watching for quite some time, and its interesting impasse or connection with crypto, which is uh, Elon Musk and his interest in Twitter, that has gotten really bizarre in, uh, you know, it's one of the most, it's like a soap opera. Uh, welcome back to the program. Kind of set the stage on the latest. Well, sure, and thanks for having me back on, Kevin. Everything you said is right. Uh, this story is a good example, in fact, of the ways in which crypto coverage has gone mainstream because, you know, it's not just as niche as uh, these, you know, thousands of assets went up in price or down in price every day. Uh, we cover everything that touches crypto, and sometimes it um, converges with major, major news in the tech and finance world. The Twitter sale, or supposed sale, is really an example of that. I mean, it has captured the attention for three months already, four months already, of Wall Street, tech, and crypto, because Elon Musk uh, made his offer to buy the company and then has tried to wiggle out of it, you know, and basically... Uh, it has played out exactly as a lot of people predicted. You know, people didn't think his offer was serious. He said it was. It was like a $44 billion offer. Um, you know, and now he wants out and has basically tried to cite the presence of bots on the platform as his out. You know, he has said Twitter wasn't um, forthright with him about just what percentage of users are bots. And even that what? is relevant to crypto because so many of the bots and so much of the spam that you see on Twitter is crypto related. It's like even on Musk's own tweets, you'll see many replies from accounts that have his face and they say, I'm giving away free Dogecoin. Click here. And it looks like Elon Musk, but it's a bot spam account. So all that yeah. said is background. The latest uh, development, and as you said, it is almost like a soap opera, is um, enter Sam Bankman-Fried, or as he's called in the crypto world, just SBS. He is the founder and CEO of STX, the major crypto exchange that did so well during the pandemic on trading fees that it was able to suddenly spend a boatload on sports-related sponsorships. You know, it's now the FTX Arena, the Miami Heat Stadium has FTX on it. Um, you know, FTX has its logo on every single Major League Baseball umpire uh, I mean, this yeah. company kind of came out of nowhere. It's only existed for about three years, and it's done extremely well, and it's got money to spend. This is the same guy who bailed out, bought the um, kind of insolvent bones of a couple different crypto lenders that went under because of the crypto crash of the past six months. So leaked text messages showed that SBS, as he's called, uh, was talking to Elon Musk 
about whether the two of them could buy Twitter in a joint effort. He said he had long wanted to buy Twitter. He could go in and, and buy a big stake. That didn't end up happening, of course. But the reason it's interesting to us at Decrypt is because, you know, this is one of the most prominent voices in crypto. And uh, like Jack Dorsey, which was also revealed by the leaked text messages, um, SBF wants to make Twitter more of a blockchain protocol, you know, open source, publicly viewable code. Um, you know, the, the comparison that Jack Dorsey made was to Signal, which is a uh, messaging app that's totally open source, you know, and more secure. And it's what crypto and tech people like instead of iOS messaging. So all that just a long way of saying there's still no resolution here. Musk is still trying to get out, but the board is trying to basically vote to say, yep, we approved the offer and now you have to buy the company. And SBS wanted in. So who knows yeah. what could happen next, but I think there's still a lot of, um, you know, potential for, for Twitter to become even more of a crypto company. And it seems like SBS values line up a lot with Elon Musk from what you describe. It does seem that way. I mean, it's totally true tech-wise. Now, politically, um, they're very different, and SBF has been the loudest voice in the room in terms of going to D.C., even though he and the company are based in the Bahamas now, and advocating for crypto policy. You know, a lot of people say he's done a great job with um, meeting lawmakers and politicians, and especially um, I, I think he's clearly a Democrat. He's given a lot of money to, um, you know, Democrat uh, candidates, and he even started his own PAC to try and uh, support pro-crypto Democrats. On the other hand, you've got Musk. I don't know how you would describe his politics, but I wouldn't say Democrat would not be the first word. Oh, I no. Know, right? I mean, he, well, he, he was sort well, of Musk, Trump for a Musk, while, but then he backed away from that. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Trump's not a good uh, measure where you are politically, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, right. There's a lot I of people who are way conservative, you know, who are conservative for many years before. That would include me before Donald Trump came along. Trump has his own yeah. ideology, really. It's almost more a status kind of. Re it's really weird. Far right as in European standards, uh, you know, it, it's very yeah. very strange. I uh, I think uh, I think that would be like a po poison pill. What you just described. Uh, to Musk. Musk believes that whatever the government regulates, it ruins when you hear him talk right. about this, these things. And so that, yeah, that's kind of a poison pill for, for him. Uh, but on a lot of the stuff, you know, about how it should be conducted, that is very, very much in Musk's uh, view, I think. That's a very interesting situation. And I think your observation, this connection that seems to you know, artists, it's almost like, uh, uh, you know, these, these, these crypto leaders and this crypto movement are the moths and Twitter is the light, right? And they all gravitate towards that and they see great potential in how it can be used. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, look, I've always said, I think I've said to you before that over the years, I'm still just stunned um, at Twitter's failures as a business. Um, it, it's failure to grow its users and to grow its revenue better than it has. Um, now, I'm biased. I mean, I'm a journalist. And for me, I use Twitter as a news gathering tool, and it's essential to what I do. I mean, there's no other yeah. app on my phone that I use more per day and spend more hours on. And then you had a president who, regardless of your politics, he was using Twitter as his daily you know, news platform to announce things 
And that alone, mm-hmm. I just thought that why wouldn't that have been a period where more people joined Twitter? Maybe it was more of a turnoff. But I've always thought that the company yeah. could have been much better managed. You know, I don't know if Elon Musk is the one to manage it better, but someone should be able to take this product and make more money from it and get more people using it. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant platform. I used it a lot more before Trump became president than after, um, you know, because even though he's only one person, uh, he did say a lot. And more importantly, he ended up driving a lot of the narrative for years on Twitter, even stories unrelated to Twitter. Uh, people would figure out how to tie it into Trump. It was really quite kind of bizarre. It seemed like to me, that's what I make up, if you will. And uh, so it chased me off. Um, and I, I think it, it probably had that effect on others, but it's such a logical tool, I, I think, in particular for uh, media uh, of all types. We're, I'm in the media business, too. We get a lot of our story ideas, things to pursue um, from what we're reading on Twitter, uh, probably a lot like you. And so I just leave that to others on my team rather than me to actually spend the time on there. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you, you know, what do you see unfolding? There's this like, I don't know, it's like the emperor's new clothes. When you look at, at, at Twitter, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it was, thought, it, it was seen as great or thought it was great, but in the end, there's really not much there. And you get that sense that it's really quite small when you begin to look at it in this reality. I don't know. Well, it's interesting. It's, it's both small and not. I mean, the user numbers don't tell the whole story, obviously. Um, you know, this thing has only like 350 million um, daily actives, or it might be monthly actives. I'm not, I'm not sure which one. But you compare that to Facebook, which is well above 2 billion, even though I think in general lately people say, Facebook is dead, I don't use it, which really isn't quite true. But don't forget that Facebook also owns Instagram and WhatsApp. So the numbers don't tell the story of how important Twitter can be. Don't forget that even though we both agree that, you know, the platform hasn't grown as much as it should and it's not a big moneymaker, um, you know, it's still the case that things break on Twitter that become really, really important uh, global news. You know, sometimes a single tweet from a certain CEO or founder or athlete or world leader um, just, you know, dominates the whole news cycle. So in some ways its impact, I think, stretches beyond its um, total number of users. Yeah, absolutely. Final thoughts from you as we wrap it up. Well, I guess I'd say we'll continue to watch this story. It, this story just will not go away. I, I couldn't tell you what's going to happen. I mean, is Elon Musk going to be forced to buy a company that he now claims he doesn't want to buy? That would be weird. I mean, I think I said this last time we talked, but if you're on the board of Twitter, why would you want to force him to buy it, seeing now how desperately he's trying to get out of the deal? But something's going to change. Something's going to happen with the management of this company. And if I had to guess whether it's Musk or someone else, I think this company will, will become even more heavily um, involved in crypto, whether that's crypto-related features, accepting crypto as payment for its premium subscription, something is there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know if, if Trump could even afford it anymore. <laughs> He, he could write a book. He could write a book called "From Billions to Millions." <laughs> I mean, it's, it's well, I know. pretty bizarre. Yeah. yeah. All right. And, always and love having you on. Yeah. Always want to encourage people to check out Dan Roberts. He is over there at thecrypt.co. Thanks as always, my friend. Thanks, Kevin. When we come back, more for you after this.